You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 37 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to welcome onto the line. It is Tom Hiscock, the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, we're uh, yeah we're powering on towards the end of the season, aren't we? So um, yeah, I'm doing all right. And yourself? Yeah, very good. It's the first crescendo of mm. the uh, of the end of the season because we've got loads of stuff still to come. Um, which, of course, we'll talk about over the course of this podcast. We've got playoffs. We've got the Les Phillips Cup. But today we celebrate our championship managers. Now, Tom, were you a fan of that computer game? Amongst other things, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was um, Would you, you know, just just in case there are any clubs out there looking for a manager, because we we do know that, of course, people have have used their achievements on championship manager, or I should... Um, football manager, that was it. People have used their their achievements on uh, championship manager to apply for jobs in the in the in the real game. Uh, what what would you like to just sort of regale the listeners with your with your exploits? With me? Oh, yeah. I, what did what I did mean, you do? What did you do in the game? What did I do? I was usually taking Plymouth's job because that was it seen as a bit of a challenge. Try and get them get them a bit higher. I don't think I can. Later, I, I just remember a um, an in between us sketch from a few years ago where Jay, I think it was, claimed that he'd taken, I can't even remember which, someone from the National League North up into the Champions League. I don't think I ever did that. I will never, I don't think I spent too much time on it, let's say that. But um, yeah, I think I was usually Plymouth and gave them a bit more money than they they used to have. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe did something a little, a little bit like that. But yeah, I think that was probably as far as I went. I, I have to say that I did wonders at Aldershot. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I got them into the Premier League. Well, there we um, go. I think we certainly got them into European competition. <laughs> but we are going back to, you know, probably a year. Well, we're going back quite a long way to when the game was in its infancy, when actually it was a lot easier to do those things because they've made it a lot harder now anyway. <laughs> uh, an interesting regression, but one that doesn't actually get us anywhere closer to. It, actually, it does, because, of course, you can manage um, Western League sides. And there have been some really interesting little um, pieces on social media. I mean, I know, I'm pretty sure one chap manages Wing Canton, and, <laughs> and I think he managed to get hold of a shirt. Um, that's probably a road we need to go down next season. We won't go down it to, uh, today. Today, we're going to be reflecting on the winners of the Premier Division and the First Division. We speak to Jay Cash, the manager of Mausel, and we speak to Lee Perks, the, uh, the manager of Brislington. We are not going to start on um, Saturday, the 22nd of April, are we, Tom? We are going to kick this week's podcast off on Thursday, the 20th of April, because there are a couple of really interesting games going on in the First Division. Yeah, it was an important evening. Obviously, Brislington had pulled away at that point and won won the title, as we touched on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the second place, which uh, promotion spot up for grabs. And, uh, yeah, Nails and Tickenham knew going into the night that uh, a win would would get them over the line, and uh, yeah, they did it pretty pretty comprehensively. Um, they were playing at the same time as Wells, who were the other side who could pit them to the post. Uh, but it was Nailsy who four one win over Bishop City did the business. Did the business, sorry. Uh, Joe Barry uh, he scored twice. Uh, pretty influential in this win. He's had a, a great season. Uh, also got some Sam Beresford and Callum Dunn. So uh, yeah, fantastic season for the Swags who who uh, yeah gained the runners up position. Uh, Wales, likewise, 
amazing season. I've really enjoyed the first division. Uh, the the top three battle this year has been been pretty pretty terrific. Uh, they 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 did claim a point on Thursday night, but that that was obviously not going to be enough. A one 0 draw away at well uh, away at Cheddar for them. Uh, they were they were ahead, uh, but then uh, five minutes from time, Cheddar did get back on level terms for Ryan Ardley. So any any uh, any chances they had of, of uh, taking that that spot went up in smoke at that point. But uh, yeah, nails in ticking them, uh, grabbing second spot on Thursday night. Yeah, and I hope that we'll be able to get their manager back on the um, podcast before the end of the season because um, they have really been a, a revelation in the first division this season. And a notable mention, I think, to Saltash, who played Ashton and Backwell on Thursday the 20th. And uh, in a five-goal thriller, Saltash kept the Premier Division title race alive by um, by getting all three points from, uh, from that game, winning 3-2. Now, we will move forward to Saturday the 22nd of April, and we'll kick things off with a team that, of course, led the Premier Division for for quite a few weeks. They ab- they got off to an absolutely storming start, Bridgewater United, and they had another really good win against a very very good outfit in Buckland Athletic. Yeah, I think uh, obviously there was there was certain stuff going on elsewhere in the division, but uh, in terms of uh, towards the top, this was yeah this was a, a really good clash, and it was uh, Bridgewater leapfrogging Buckland uh, up into. Up, into, up, up, up a spot uh, thanks to this 2-0 win. I think Buckland's still got a couple of games uh, to, to, to move back ahead. But for now, uh, Bridgewater moving up up into into third spot. And uh, yeah, this was a really good win for them. Jack Form firing them ahead after 18 minutes. Uh, and then it was another goal in the closing stages, in fact, from Tom Llewellyn, uh, extending their advantage. Uh, it could have been a little bit more one-sided, in fact, as well, because they did have a penalty saved by Buckland keeper Andy Collings. So... Uh, fair play to him, but uh, yeah, big win for for Bridgewater on the um, well their final game, two uh, 0 win at home to Buckland. Now on last week's podcast, we interviewed the chairman of Sherborne Town, John Bowers, and of course we did that in um, uh, following a win over Falmouth Town. Now Sherborne uh, on Saturday made the trip to Falmouth, but it was Falmouth who took revenge against the Zebras, wasn't it, Tom? It was, yeah. We're, well. A, a, <laughs> As you say, quick fire revenge as well. In fact, because obviously they played them. Yeah, as you say, a couple of days previously, seven days uh, previously. In fact, so yeah, Bickland Park, a three 0 win for them. So uh, yeah, good, good stuff from Falmouth. James Ward heading them in front after after 14 minutes, uh, and then it was Tim Nixon. He's been their their standout over the the recent upturn in form. Uh, he prodded home at the beginning of the second half, uh, having assisted the first goal, uh, and then it was uh, the third and final goal coming midway through the second half, and that was from a. Instant sub, uh, instant impact from this sub. It was Louis Jagger Kane came on, uh, scored with his first touch, and uh, yeah, put the game to bed. So a 3 0 win for Falmouth over Sherborne. Now, the next game we're going to feature in the Premier Division is Canesham Town against Helston Athletic. Helston have finished this season very strongly and still involved in the Les Phillips Cup, of course. And mm. Helston are one of those sides that we really enjoy following throughout the season because of the excellent video footage that's produced by Piran Films. And that was also the case on Saturday, wasn't it, Tom? A four-goal thriller and a great performance by the away side. Yeah, as you say, they're one of the teams that are finishing the uh, yeah finishing the season really strongly. And, yeah, they improved that again on the weekend. A 3-1 win uh, at Keynesham. Uh, goals from Ricky Shepard, uh, Sam Carter and Ruben Wilson. He's their leading, leading marksman this term. Uh, yeah, and that was a 3-1 win at Keynesham for who? Dylan Lewis. He grabbed a late consolation from... I haven't actually seen the goal, but from what I've heard, it's a yeah, pretty special effort. So, uh, yeah, fair play to, fair play to Dylan to, to getting on the score sheet right at the end there. 
Now, I haven't seen that goal either, and I did actually start watching the highlights <laughs> that were put on YouTube. Um, I, when I finish doing that, I will do my customary <laughs> retweet because I do enjoy that footage, and I'm sure that the listeners um, will will enjoy watching it as well. Now, we'll move on to Mausel. Mausel took on Wellington, and, of course, the future of Mausel, their existence in non-league football was in their hands. The league title was theirs to win. All they needed to do was to get three points <laughs> against Wellington. Tom, did they do it? <laughs> you make it sound so easy. They did do it in the end, yes. <laughs> A 3 0 win uh, for the Seagulls on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and they, they, yeah, they didn't really have too long to wait to, to move ahead. So that was uh, that would have settled the nerves. Andy Elcock breaking the deadlock off for just 15 minutes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they really pushed on from there. Callum McConey scoring pretty soon after, uh, putting them two goals to the good. So that's a, a pretty decent buffer to have when you're obviously a, a strong side towards the top of the table. You'd probably be pretty confident of holding on from there. And, and they did just that. They didn't concede on Saturday. And it was Hayden Turner, uh, their leading scorer. Uh, he confirmed the victory 10 minutes from time. So, uh, yeah, capped a fantastic season for both himself and his team. So, yeah, fantastic win again for, for Mausel over Wellington. Three goals to nil. And, of course, that win secured the Premier Division title and promotion to the Southern League for Mausel. Now, over the course of this season, we've um, spoken to Jay Cash. Uh, he's a great talker and um, one of the people that we really enjoy getting on the podcast. So it was a great pleasure that I had the opportunity to reflect on that incredible win and, of course, what it means, not just for Jake and his players, but also Mausel as a club. So we started our conversation by talking about that win that promotion and I asked Jake whether he could talk us through the celebrations yeah <laughs> um well I don't know if they finished yet um Saturday night was better and um more enjoyable than I'd even sort of um envisaged leading up to it um we we had a we had a great time at the club um after everything happened uh, the, the scenes in the clubhouse afterwards will be one of the things that definitely stay with me for a long time. It was, you know, it was it was standing room only in there, um, families, you know, all the people that mattered to the players, um, you know, and the committee and staff. Um, and there was a sing song in there, all of your 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 uh, standard de rigueur uh, championship songs that you sing when you win something. Um, and they only come out on that one occasion, well, account. Um, and it got to about, I'll probably be a bit hazy in my timings here, but I reckon it got to about eight o'clock and it was pointed out to us that we needed to go. And I thought, well, that's a bit, that's a bit grumpy. I think it was one of those, you know, it's the best night in the club's history. And I remember saying to the, I said to the bar, I said, why, why, is, why is everything shutting up? He said, there's nothing left. He said, it's all gone. He said, there's no beer. There's, there's nothing, anything you can think of you want to drink. He said, it's all gone. And I thought, well, that's that. It's a good sign. We've we've celebrated properly here. So, uh, so it was really nice. We we on mass walked from the ground um, with all the you know lots of the supporters who were still there and committee and 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 um, we we uh, we went to the local pub, the King's Arms, which is about 500 yards from the ground. And uh, I was complimentous enough to walk in and realise that we probably got the wrong venue. There were lots of people sitting down for very nice meals. Um, and I thought, I don't know if they want 50, 60 people to, to take over the pub. So we, we bought some drinks and just stood out, stood outside. There was a nice sort of seat area outside. So we, we were there for a while and then we wandered down into Mausel, uh, which 
you know, it's just the most beautiful picturesque, um, you know, the Cornish village you can think of. And there's a pub pub there called the Ship Inn, which is exactly as you would probably um, picture it in your mind, um, you know, really, really quaint and, uh, and, and just, it was just overrun by green and, uh, and the trophy was in there and it stayed there all night by all accounts. Um, so we were there till about 11 o'clock and then we went into the bright lights of Penzance, it's about as exciting as it gets um, down here. And then the last thing I remember, I think I crawled into uh, I crawled into the spare room of the, the head of footballs. Uh, I stayed at his house in Mal. He lives in Malzor. I crawled into his bed at about his spare bed at about six in the morning. Um, and then the, then the party carried on on Sunday. I spent the day with my family. Um, my mum and dad were there and sister, and we 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 had a lovely time on the Sunday. And um, and then of course all the sort of pictures and videos started coming out on the Sunday. So that got everything going again. So I had a I had a brilliant day Sunday. Um, I had to go to work Monday. Um, I'm not sure the taxpayers got absolute top dollar value for money out of me on Monday, um, and then I got home last night and I, I felt like my body was said, look, just that's enough now, um, but I couldn't. I just, I just kept, I just kept going last night. So, um, sort of had a lovely night last night as well. So, I don't know whether I've got a fourth night in me tonight. Um, we'll see. But um, no, it's been, it's been, it's been a good celebration so far. Blimey, you don't do things by halves, do you? <laughs> Um, well, we've been building up. We've been building up to it. You know, obviously, we we, we were so close last year. Um, we were promoted to the Western League because of obviously the restructure. So we didn't win anything. Um, my wife has enjoyed pointing that out to lots of people. She said, you know, you're the only manager to get promoted and never actually won it, win anything. Um, so it's been, it felt, feels like it's been a long time coming. So uh, yeah, we we made the most of it. Let's take you back to the start of that Wellington game. Then, obviously. Um, the result meant that your title was in your own hands, um, but Saltash had push, pushed you all the way to the final day of the season. Um, the fact that you went into that game at home, and I know that you had phenomenal support on the day, but did that add pressure? Because it just sort of meant that everything was going for you, but also you had everything to lose. Yeah, it definitely did. Um the, the Saturday previous was a big day. We we, we won at, at, at Canesham and and obviously Saltash lost at Clevedon and that that gave us that we we had you know we had two games left and we knew we just needed to win one. Well, obviously one of those was Bridgewater away. Um, you know we knew that if we had to go into that needing a win that was going to be really really tough. So obviously that result for for Saltash at Clevedon just gave us a little bit of breathing space. But we wanted to do it Tuesday because that would have meant Saturday, like you say, would have just been that little bit more enjoyable. We could have relaxed a little bit more. Um, and then obviously it didn't happen Tuesday. Then we thought maybe it might happen Thursday and Soltas just held on up at, up at Ashton. So, yeah, to think that a 36, you know, well, 35 game season to that point was, was all going to be decided on on the last day. Um, it, it does make you nervous because you know in football anything can happen. Um, I said to a few people, we'd like to think that maybe eight, nine times out of ten we, we, we would win that game. Um but you always think of that one time out of ten. You know, does the ref make a decision against you? Does you know, does the ball not quite drop, or someone, you know, make a mistake that they wouldn't normally make? Um, so, yeah, there was there was definite nerves and, 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 and pressure. But I said to the players that the, the pressure, the, the pressure they feel is, is just it's it comes from them. You know, there was no pressure from the club. There was certainly no pressure that we were applying from the, the management team, all their families that were there. I said they will love you. If you lose ten nil today, they're going to still love you. So there's no pressure there. The only pressure that they had on them was the, was the pressure they put on themselves because they wanted to win something. And I said, if it, well, once you know that the only person that you're going to ever going to let down is yourself, 
you know that that, that hopefully could ease that pressure and just make you realise that you should just be excited. So we tried to turn it into excitement, and actually, first half we were we were fantastic, um, and we we could have very easily come in three or four nil up, and my heart rate would have been uh, lowered a bit, and second half might have been a little bit more a uh, bit more enjoyable. But um, yeah, but it got a bit it got a bit more nervy second half, and, and Wellington. Uh, as we've always said when we play them are a really good side really difficult side to play against um, thing that but we, we played them in our very, ever, our very first Western League game um, and, and you know we really wanted it to be there, our last game as well so um, but yeah, it got a bit nervy second half but when the third goal went in with 10 minutes to go I think you could tell from the players celebrations and probably the bench celebrations as well that, that the job had been done I didn't know the Soltash score I expected them to win they've been incredible um, so we just yeah we just knew we had to do our bit and and we did, and we delivered, and, and we deserved it. Did you always be, believe you could win the league this season, or were there times when you thought that it was going to be beyond you? No, we always believed. I I, um, I know we spoke in September, and um, I actually had a little list, listen back um, to that this morning when we're driving to work, and um, it was quite it's quite not solemn, but it was quite a... a um, you know, a glum discussion. I think you, you know you try to you try to perk it up and say you know you're not doing that badly. You're not doing that badly. And uh, you know we, we we unfortunately and we we we'll look at this in the summer. We haven't started either season um, that well in the Western League. I mean we didn't we'd lost one game, so it was far from um, disastrous. But obviously with the start that Bridgewater got off to, um, it looked it looked a big big task. And I was told on Saturday I didn't realise this, but I was told on Saturday at one point we were 25 points behind them. Um, so you know, with a, with a gap like that, you do start to think, you know, this is going to be really tough. But I mean this genuinely, and I think I, I, I you know I said it to you in that interview in September. I, I absolutely believed that we would we would be in the, the top two. You know, that was that was always the aim, that, that, and, I, and I really believed that. Um, and yeah, there were times where you thought, God, this is we're going to have to go on an incredible run. Um, but I, knew, I, I genuinely knew the players were capable of it, and. Um, we added the right players at the right times just to help us along the way as well. Um, but, but certainly, once that run got started, I think we drew at Cabri Heath on um, on Guy Fawkes night, um, and then we went and won 14. I think it was 13 or 14 on the spin off the back of that one in the league. And I, I, I remember sort of almost maybe halfway through that run, certainly around Christmas time, knowing that we were going to be in a title race. Um, and, and thankfully for us, the run kept going. Um, and despite that, we still couldn't shake Soltash off. They were still there. Um, but, but yeah, we just about managed to, to, to keep ahead of them. But no, they were, I, I was always really confident. And obviously, after our season we had last year, we knew we were capable. Um, we'd lost the two teams that finished above us. So we would have been disappointed had we not gone on and, and competed in, in the top two. And, and there, was, there, was, there were certainly times in September, October, where there were certain people that, that, uh, that said... You know, it's not going to be Mal's or they're, they're they're well out of it. They're not going to win it, and you know that only that only spurred us on even more. So, um, so we always believed, even if even if there were a few others that, that maybe didn't. You you mentioned Saul Tash um, just then. Um, they pushed you to the very very end. Um, I think we have to give credit where it's due. I mean, you know, what, what did you make of their performance this season? Yeah, it, incredible. Um, I feel for them because I, I I can only imagine. That given how good they've been, like how flat they must feel at the minute, because it's not like they've they've thrown anything away. Um, you know, they should be proud of that. It's not like they've they've just sort of got nervous at the end of the season, or you know, um, they, they lost one game at Clevedon. I think they they drew up at Shepton, but other than that, I think they've pretty much won every game since Christmas. 
um, they, they've been incredible. And, and I said before, I feel like we, with the run that we've been on, we we feels like we sh- could have and should have won it sort of three, four games ago. But because of how good Soltash have been, um, they 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 they've kept us having to be on it the whole time, um, giving me a few more sleepless nights than I would have wanted as well. Um, so. Danny, Danny has done incredibly there. They've had a few off the field bits that have gone on as well this season, and you know he's had to contend with that and still keep the the players um, focused and, and moving in the right direction. And, and but my goodness, he, he's done that incredibly. Um, I, I'm really confident that if and when we find out what's going on with the, the playoff situation, that, that they'll they'll go and win that. Um, you know because they're in such great form. They, wherever they end up going, they, they should hold no fear. Um, and yeah, they, they've they've been fantastic. And I think if you look at the points totals that that won it last year, I think I think Tavistock ended on 77 points as as champions last year. Um, you know, both teams have gone way above that this season. Um, I think it was 84 and 86. I think um, so. It, it's an, it's an incredible achievement by by both teams. And, and although they've just missed out, they are, I hope they feel proud in what they've achieved this year. Have you had a chance to think about next season? Obviously, going into the Southern League is going to represent a, a, a challenge. It's going to, you know, we'll, we'll try and get through one of these interviews without talking about the travel. But certainly, um, the quality of football you're going to see next season is going to be a step up. Are you ready for that? Yeah, we're, we're so ready for it. We, we we started planning, you know, once we went on the run and we knew we were in with a chance, then you have to start thinking ahead to next year. You know, we, we started doing that a bit last year as well. Uh, you know, I, I know the level from from having played in it previously, so I, I kind of know what's needed and the, and the step up. I think there's a, there is an undoubted step up, but I think the relentlessness and the quality in the Western League these last two seasons, I don't think the step up is is, is huge. It, it is a step up. It's in the, the top five, you know, especially they'll, they'll they'll be they'll be fantastic and and it'll be a real challenge and test, which we're looking forward to. But uh, you know, I think. Tavistock have gone in and, and done really, really well. Um, Exmouth started the season brilliantly. I know it's tailed off a bit since Christmas. Um, obviously, Westbury, um, maybe club close to you. Obviously, they they only went up the season before and had a good season last year. So yeah, it, it's, it excites us, and, and we've, like I said, we've we've thought about what we need to do on and off the pitch um, to go up and compete. We're not going up there expecting to go and steamroll the league by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and it will be nice for us next year, a bit like our first year in the Western League. Um, we can just go and enjoy it with no sort of real necessary expectation that we're going to be in a title race or anything like that. So that, that's exciting. Um, and no, we're, we're 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 ready for it. We know we're going to have to add um, a little bit on the on the playing side to to just to strengthen it a little bit. But we're a young group, and they'll they'll all be super hungry to go and test themselves at, at that level. You know, they're the, they're only the second team ever from Cornwall to have that opportunity to go and play in the Southern League um, so they've made they've made history there and any player that's worth their salt wants to go and test themselves at the highest level that they can do so I know the boys will be super hungry I haven't really spoke to many of them about next year yet um, but I'm not expecting many phone calls from, from many of them saying that I don't fancy it next year um, certainly, certainly not certainly not this side of our trip we're off to Portugal next Saturday for a bit of another season celebration I guess it will be now and uh, yeah, I don't think anyone will be, uh, be, be pulling out ahead of that trip so um no, I, we're, we're all really excited. What I would say, though, is we will miss the Western League. Um, we have absolutely loved it. I know from our first conversation, um, I said how excited we were about it. I know when I spoke to you again in September about the, the merger, I, I, 
it just wasn't something that excited us. Um, it would feel like a, a regression. It would feel like going back to playing the teams that we're always used to playing. I said to someone the other day, it's a bit like down here in Cornwall sometimes, a bit like being a goldfish in like a tiny little goldfish bowl. And, you know, they've got bad memories and they just swim around and they always bump into the same walls or the same other goldfish. Um, and all of a sudden someone plucked us out of that goldfish bowl and put us in this lovely new tank with all these new fish and, you know, all this nice new seaweed and rocks and things to play with. Um, and we loved it and we loved it. And the thought of someone pick, picking us out of that lovely, great new big tank and putting us back in that little goldfish bowl wasn't very exciting. Um, now, I know that there are other things to think about than just the football and um, meeting new fish, so to speak. Um, but uh, but we, we loved it. We, we've loved the travel. We've loved the, the clubs we've met, friends that we've made. It's been brilliant, and we will we will miss the Western League. Um, and I'm really I'm really pleased that the current Cornish teams, you know, St Blasey were coming up. I think it's Brixham who are coming up from the east. Obviously, not the Cornish, but I'm glad the teams from down here get a year, one more year um, of that Western League experience that we have absolutely loved. Well, we've loved having you too. And actually, in all the years that. Um I've been doing the podcast and talking to managers. I know that there's been a tendency for the teams that have been promoted out of the league that other clubs sort of reflect on the fact that promotion means they don't really want to be here. Um, and actually, you know, if you want to go and play your football in the Southern League, then good luck to you. But, you know, we'll we'll just sort of keep in our own goldfish bowl, to use your euphemism. But I think for the first time that I can remember, there has been the general warmth um, to your football club across the league because um, of the way that you conduct yourselves on and off the pitch. I mean, I've been lucky enough to come down to your to your ground and I certainly received a very warm welcome. I mean, is that your reflection of other clubs been genuinely sort of engaging with you? Yeah, with, without a shadow of a doubt. And that that comes from the club, you know, and, and the, the, the strand of being respectful and... and um, uh, it is really important to me and really important, I know really important to the club and the club's run by uh, people who are ambitious but are family are a family or a, group, or, or a group of friends who have been at that club for 40 50 years so it there's you know when I was at Truro there was a chairman who was who was hell-bent on pushing the club through the leagues and and didn't really mind who they trampled along along the way um that's not the way that males will go about the business yes we want to succeed and we want to be as good as we can be, but we, we want to we want to be good people first and foremost, and, and that that comes from every pore in the club. Um, and that was in, that was important to me when I started there that I could sense that there was already that culture there. I feel like we worked really hard as a management group and and players to to further enhance that. Um, I know we we play a different style of football as well, which has obviously got its admirers. It's got its people who say who said that it would never get us out of the Western League. You know, you, you're never gonna you're never gonna win anything, you know, passing the ball on horrible pitches in the middle of January. Um so we we've we've stuck with those principles and we stuck with our principles off the pitch of trying to be you know, trying to be good people and everywhere we've gone that's been reciprocated in so many places, you know, we've we've made some incredible friends. It we got to a point where the, one of the reliefs of going up was that, that it allowed us to place it's gonna allow us to play some friendlies against teams that we've we've made good friends with and you know I, I've, I'm worried about going to the chairman and saying look you know can we have a friendly up at Shepton Mallet or Clevedon um, and him going well it's quite an expensive bus trip for pre-season friendly but I know that the friends that they've made in terms of the uh, the, the, the committee and the, and the people behind the scenes of the club that they'll probably go for it because um, we've made so many great friends on the way and people have been 
so accommodating and, and we, we've had so many people that said to us after games that boys go and win it go and win it you know we want you to win it you're, you know you're, you're a good side go and go all the best and, and it's been genuine you can really sense that so yeah we, we uh, it's blown me away really the, the, the friendliness and the, the warmth from the other clubs and I know as you go through the leagues that that does dwindle it just it's just natural it's it becomes more of the business and more of a um, you know more of a results based uh, more of a results based thing but but that, that that warmth that we felt in these last two years I think it will leave a lasting impression for everyone and on the the quality and the brilliance of of the western league and something that I know I'll never forget and um while we're going into a new league we'll um we'll always have a fondness for for the western league now when we last spoke it was following the sad news about the death of Reese McLean and I don't want to put a downer on this interview but at the time I was deeply impressed by the way that your club reacted to that tragedy and in particular the, the way your approach to um, mental health and, and the mental health of everybody involved uh, in the club so I guess as we look back on this season we have to reflect on a season that has delivered both triumph and tragedy for you yeah any 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 season has uh, has its highs and lows and that was absolutely the low point. It was the low point for me in all my time doing this. Only four years, but in all my time of, ma- of management, Reese was in my mind on Saturday. Not not before the game or during, but but I know afterwards, and and I know I chatted to a couple of people afterwards, and we raised the toast. Um, we raised the toast to him. But it, it's what's what's been really nice is that well, nice is the right word, but we it had a real impact on the club in terms of the, the bad news and the sad news had an impact on us trying to be better. And um, it, it's, 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 it's a legacy that's lasted. That's, that, that's good because it's easy to do something in the immediacy, immediacy of you know, news and, and, and work hard to, to do something straight away afterwards. But it stayed there. It's, it's, real, it's still real central in the club. I know on Saturday the, the club was selling some T-shirts um, with a obviously a Cornish pasty on it as has to be the case and um, the Mousel flag and all the proceeds of those still go into to the mental health charity down here and um, I, I know two of our staff um, have, have done the training as well now um, since we last spoke in terms of being able to spot those early signs so um, yeah, it, as we said at the time it was just a horrible thing um, it was the, yeah, my low point in, in management arguably in football um, but what it has done is it has created a discussion and a forum for, for people to talk about it and, it, and that has continued and I want it to carry on continuing it's, we're, we're in such a happy place at the minute obviously with, with what happened at the weekend but we know that at some point one of the boys or one of the ladies in the ladies team or someone in the club will will have a moment that isn't so joyous and happy and at least we we might not be able to stop it but at least we're a bit more well equipped to, to, to deal with it. Well let's try and finish on a positive note and um, I, I think we've heard far too much from me during this interview. I, I want to leave the final words to you Jake and really a message to not just the players and the fans but most importantly those wonderful volunteers at your football club who have made this championship possible. Oh they're the best. Um, it was... Uh, it was emotional on Saturday, really emotional, seeing the people behind the scenes at the club, um, emotional as they were, and they were, they were, they were tears, proper, proper tears. Um, people who've been around that football club and seen it, playing in the, you know, playing in, the, in step seven and, and below, um, you know, in a field with a fence around it, um, to where it was on Saturday, with 
650 odd people in it and a, you know a team that are going to play in the southern league you know the, you know that's, that's proper football um so it, to see that see their faces and see their emotion was just brilliant because they are incredible they give us the platform to be successful without their work and what they do off the field um and and that 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 culture that they've created that you you know you alluded to that that the feeling that that people have of Mausel you know that's because of the people um, 100% because no one likes coming down here let's be honest you know it is the end of the world um, but when they get here they, they they love it because of the people and those those people are are very very special people and I, I am so pleased for them um, I, I, I'm I'm also immensely delighted for my my coaching team they are they're, they're incredible incredible men who work so hard with how much we train and how 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 intense we are with, with what we try and do with the players, and they part with me, which which is which is good going as well. And um, so that they they deserve a huge huge credit. And um, I, I spoke to another manager the other day, um, and I said it was a bit like parenting actually, with coaching and management. Until you go the other side of it, until you cross that line and become one, you almost don't appreciate the people that did it for you. It's a bit like your parents until you become a parent. Um, I sent a few messages this week to old managers and said thank you. Um, because you realise how much you, you, you put yourself through the ring of freight, you feel the weight of expectation on your shoulders and I share that with, with the, the other incredible um, coaches that, that we've got at the club. And then and then obviously that you know, I can't can't not say well and well done to the players. Um they are just a, such a special bunch of lads. Um, they're obviously incredibly talented, um, but they work so hard, you know, to, to travel the way they travel. I've not had a single moan. Ian never no no one's ever said no one's ever pulled out of the game because I can't I can't make that one I've got a work or it's too far or I'm tired never not once um, they just they want to be successful they, they they travel down to train like they do twice a week they they don't get paid by the time they they pay their fuel I can guarantee you there there is there is not much money left for anyone there we are not a team with a with a huge with a huge budget by any stretch of the imagination and the time that they give to to the cause is incredible um and they they're they're a brilliant bunch and I love spending Saturday night with them I mean I'm far too old to be celebrating as long as I did with them but because they are such a great group I I couldn't I couldn't resist um so I'm so proud for them because they deserve it and they they're the ones that ultimately when they cross the line they're the ones that have to do the business and they have done the business there's life in the old dog yet. Jake, thank you so much for your time and the very, very best of luck um, for next season. I think that we'll all be rooting for you and hopefully you can go on to bigger and better things. Well, thank you, Ian, and thank you for your time. And the podcast has been fantastic. I know I've listened to every every single episode, I think, and it's an amazing source of uh, source of information in the bulletin and, and everything you guys do to raise the profile of, of Western League. I think that's one of the other things that makes it as a special place as it is and we've absolutely loved it so thank you to you thank you to all the other people involved in the league it's a special league um, and we'll miss you hopefully we won't see you again but we will miss you and my thanks to Jake for his time now every great title race needs a chaser and Saltash United have fulfilled that role this season with a plum their game arguably on paper, was harder because, of course, they took on high-flying Shepton Mallet, uh, who, who themselves have won many games this season have been competing at the top of the table. But um, 
Whilst they might not have won the Premier Division, Tom, on Saturday, they proved that anything Mousel can do, they can do better. <laughs> yeah, they can on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, they finished their season uh, with another win, seven from eight, and they still couldn't catch Mousel. So that just goes to show how how well the uh, the Seagulls did to hold on and, and claim the title. But yeah, Saltash can't be can't be upset about their efforts. Obviously, falling just short, pit to the post. But yeah, four 0 win for them to to bring their season. Uh, to an end on, on Saturday. Uh, Adam Carter and Carlo Garside putting them two up inside the opening 10 minutes, so they really shut out the blocks. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was never likely to be enough. Obviously, Mousel having their home game um, uh, at the same time, and once they knew they were too low, that's probably the end of, end of the end of the race for them. But, yeah, a couple of goals uh, from uh, Harrison Davis uh, after 25 minutes, put them three goals up, and then it was Sam Hughes capping, capping the scoring uh, during the second half. So, yeah, another good win for Saltash, and they finish in second spot. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving into the first division, we kick things off with two teams at very different ends of the table. Bishops Lydiard have been towards the bottom of the division for most of the season. Shirehampton have been pushing for the playoffs and the prospect of promotion. And this result, Tom, went with the form book. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was uh, one man in particular that I yeah, wanted, to, wanted to bring up in this one. Scott Bamford uh, ended his... Ended, uh, Ended Bishops did hope with a with a hat trick, uh, scoring three more to add to his tally. He is the top top scorer. Obviously, there's a few games left, but it looks like he'll probably uh, keep hold of top spot uh, for the, in, the the Western League for this season. Obviously, in the first division, then the in, in the overall scoring as well. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, on song again on the weekend, uh, scoring twice inside the opening opening 30 minutes to put his side two goals to the good. Uh, and then he was uh, yeah added another one 15 minutes from time, yeah, making it three goals to nil. Uh, Harry Scott did grab a, a consolation for Lydiard, but yeah, Shirehampton and Scott Bamford uh, running out 3-1 winners on Saturday afternoon. Now, at the beginning of the podcast, I did, of course, bill this as the Championship Manager Edition. So that's why we've spoken to Lee Perks from Brislington. But I think in a podcast first, we are actually <laughs> going to talk to a manager off the back of a defeat. Brislington <laughs> took on Hallen, and it wasn't quite the party that they were expecting. Wouldn't you know it? Yeah, absolutely. A 2-1 defeat for them at home, I'm sure. I, well, I, I dread to dread to cast uh, cast aspersions, but I'm sure they were, have been having a few few celebrations this week. So maybe that had something to do with the <laughs> defeat on the weekend. But yeah, I mean, a two-one loss. It is what it is. Elliot Gardner scoring twice for Hallen, an incredible win for them, obviously to to uh, to hand Brisington a really rare defeat. Uh, Asa White uh, scoring a penalty, um, but uh, yeah, they they did fall just short on on the weekend. But yeah, 110 points, uh, epic season from Brisington. They've yeah, they've been pretty unstoppable. I think they've won 36 league games this year, which is a uh, a ridiculous amount. Uh, obviously, did fall short slightly on the weekend, but yeah, I don't think in the grand scheme of things they'll be too upset considering how their uh, their season played out. Absolutely. Well, we've had a chat with Lee Perks a couple of times this season, so it was a pleasure to get him back on the podcast. And um, I started off by talking to Lee about that incredible run of results that they have been having. My maths said. That in terms of league games, they'd won 25 league games on the bounce. And I asked Lee whether my maths was correct. 
Yeah, so I think yeah we did. Obviously, we didn't win on Saturday. But I think would have. I think it was twenty-seven in fairness. Um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fantastic season for us in all. Yeah, brilliant. You obviously you lost your second game of the season to Nowsey and Tickenham. Did, at that time, did you did you believe that you'd go on to lift the title? Well, to be honest, with you, I think the first eight games of the season we were a bit. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't firing on all cylinders. Like you said, we lost we lost the second game to Nowsey. I think we lost our fifth game. FC Bristol and I think our eighth game I think we drew with Wing Canton so we didn't hit the ground running um, but after that I mean we went on a, a, a tremendous run again I think it was um, 10 or 11 games I think I think it was and then we ended up dropping points I think it was on the t- late late um, October around about 29th October we lost 1-0 to Gillingham and then we just went on a fantastic run after that and you know, it's just been insane, really. The the, the actual amount of games we won, um, and obviously we've just come on. We just come unstuck on Saturday against Hallen, who um, deserve to deserve to win the game, really. You you can't be too disappointed about that, though, can you? I mean, you've won the league title, and that's what obviously you set out to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's it, it's just been uh, it's been crazy, really. The some of the games I've actually just stood there and watched. The goals all gone in. I mean, I think there was a run of nine games we didn't actually concede a goal, um, and then I think the tenth game we did concede a goal, but allowed to be our own goal, so they didn't score it. We scored it, um, and we were all disappointed. To cut in. Yeah, I remember going in the changing room. We were disappointed because we actually conceded a goal, um, and then we just went on. I mean, I think within them, them nine games we didn't concede. I think we scored something like thirty-eight goals in there, and it, it, honestly, it was just. Just everything was going, just, you know, everything was going right for us. We were scoring. I think we had this season. I think we had 18, 20 penalties. Um, I think we scored 18. I think we missed a couple. But it just tells you how, how good we were going forward. We was always in, you know, other, you know, their their 18-yard box, and we were getting penalties. It, it, honestly, it was just an insane season for us. Obviously, you won by some. You won the title by some distance in the end. But Nailsey and Tickenham finished um, as runners-up. I mean, they, they have done phenomenally well this season, haven't they? Given it's their first season in the Western League. Yeah, massively. I mean, I remember speaking to you earlier on in the year, and I said to you, that I think there was only going to be three teams who were who were going to win it, and that was obviously us, Wells and Nailsey. Because I mean, ten games in or twelve games in, we started to pull away from the pack. Um, Obviously, we played Nelsie the second game of the season, very good. We played Wells the first game of the season, which were very good. And um, I knew, like I said, I knew it was only going to be the three teams really who, who were going to, you know, compete to, to win the title. And, and um, it, it happened to be us. And, you know, I think we fairly deserved it, to be honest. I think we won by 12 points. I think we, uh, we won 36 games. We lost four. We drew two. And I think we ended up with a goal difference of plus 95. Um, and I think overall, I think we scored round about. I think it's about 130 goals all season. It's just, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been brilliant. Yeah. Um, do you have a feeling in your water for which of those sides that finished in the playoff positions, which which do you think might end up going up? To be honest with you, I mean the four teams that are in the playoffs obviously deserve to be there because that's where they are. If I had to say on the teams we played against, and it'd be Wells, I would say Wells would go through and we, you know, go through up on the playoffs. And deservedly, you know, deservedly so. I mean, personally, my personal opinion is, I think what's gone on this season with the merger not happening and all the rest of it, I, I would, I would, you know, I would probably say that the league should have done it with whoever finished first and second. I know we can't, we couldn't go up because we took the, the voluntary relegation. I personally think the team who finishes second and third should have automatically gone up. 
because there's going to be players in this playoff now who, you know, we were always taught it was supposed to be four teams going up before, you know, the merger collapsed. And players, players may, may have booked up holidays to go away. And um, it could be, you know, I just think it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a farce of what's happened. And I just think that the, the, the two teams got finished, um, you know, apart from us, second and third really should go up, but it's not. But if you're asking me a question, who will I say would go up for the playoffs, then I'd probably say it'd be Wells. I'm interested to get your thoughts on um, the collapse of the merger in a minute, but I mean, you've, you've sort of alluded to the fact that you can't, um, you won't be promoted. I mean, does that sort of, is, is your title win tinged with sadness about that? Not really, you know, because everyone knows the reason why Brisington took the voluntary relegation, and we was always led to believe that this merger was going to happen this season. We was also led to believe that we we wouldn't get penalised for taking the voluntary relegation. Um, there was whispers all year, to be honest with you, people saying that we couldn't go up because we took the voluntary relegation. I think I didn't say nothing to the to our secretary. I just left it until a couple of months ago when when it looked like we were going to be in the playoffs or we were going to win the league. And uh, I, I asked him to to contact the tour station to see you know how we stood because of the whispers we heard. And they just casually said, no, there's nothing in the handbook, there's nothing in, in writing. Or, and I did actually look as well, and I couldn't see anything. And um, they said, no, they actually did ring us and say to us that they could see that we were going to be in the playoffs or we were going to win it. And they said to us that we had to go back up. There's no way we would be allowed to stay in Division 1 again. So we were told by the, by the tour station that we were going up. So, you know, and to be honest with you, we needed to take a step back to take a step forward and that's exactly what the club's done and then we were told that the merger wasn't happening um, which we were I think a lot of clubs were were are gutted about in fairness and then and then I think it was the end of the end of March or something in the middle of March I can't remember now we had a we had an email from the um, from the tour station who apparently had an email from the FA to say that we couldn't go up because we took the voluntary relegation and we had to be in it for another season. Yeah, I was a little bit gutted myself at the time, but then reality sort of hit, hit, hit me again and sort of said, well, you know, if, if the merger's not going to happen and it's going to be exactly the same again, then for us, it's a win-win situation. I spoke to the boys, I put it on the WhatsApp, and they all come back and said, well, you know, if we can't go up or the merger's not happening, then that was the reason why we took the voluntary relegation and everyone at the club really or you know, not say delighted, that's the wrong thing to say, but you know, it's like I say, it's a bit of a win win situation for us. So what we do know is obviously the merger isn't happening uh, and we yeah. know that the FA is now looking into uh, addressing the sort of geographical issues that the merger was intended to overcome. Um so what's your preference for where this goes next would you be happy competing in a footprint that, that currently spreads from Bristol down to the down to Penzance or would you um, prefer the, the, the option of a second step five league across right, Devon and to be honest with you, we, I think I've listened to your podcast I listened to all the managers on there and um, there is a bit of a mix there's you know some of the teams want to want to do the travelling which is fair enough but I think over over the the people you've asked, I think it needs to have another step five. To be honest, definitely it needs to be it needs to be sorted out. Enough's enough. You've got clubs who who you know I don't want to sort of name a lot of clubs, but you've got Bitten who folded, you know, halfway through this season. Um, the rumour has it that Ashton and Backwell are now pulling out of the Western League because of this, and I don't think they'll be the only ones. I think there's going to be two or three, if not more, who just can't afford to do it. it, it it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but 
I, I just don't know, and I just can't understand why it hasn't gone ahead. And you know, we ruled it, we ruled all the rumours because you know they, they couldn't come together to say who was going to be the chairman or the rest of it. Well, to be honest with you, I think I think there are the people need to put their heads together and get it right because the, the only there's only going to be one loser, and that's the, and that's the, that's the clubs, that's the clubs. Um, in terms of next season, what's your um, ambitions? Uh, I mean, are you sort of looking to go again, retain your title, and then and then get back up to step five? Well, I can remember you saying to me when you first sent me out here at the start of the season, what was our ambitions to do this year? And my, my answer to you was to win it. And that's exactly what we've done. And my answer to you to now is to win it again next season and see where that takes us. And it looks like if we obviously if we win it next year or we get in the, in the playoffs, if they're playoffs and we got to go up, then that's what we got to do. But it does need to be sorted out. And I just I just think clubs and secretaries and teams just 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 don't don't believe what's going to happen. You know, one minute is there and the next minute it gets taken away. But as for us at this moment in time, we're all we're all geared up to go again in Division One. And I believe if the, if I can keep if I can retain the players, then we'll have a good chance to. Uh, to do it again next year. And yes, definitely it will be harder next year because people will um, will want to come and beat us. And I, so I personally believe that Division One next year will be as strong as the Prem because I just think I just think players will just will, will, will want to stay local. Now, one last word for you, Lee, and um, because yeah. obviously it's uh, winning the, the first Division Championship is you know, it's a great accolade for the club, for you, yeah. for the players, and also of course the volunteers that make your club what it is so do you want to take this opportunity just to sort of give your message your thoughts to how they've performed over the course of this season well to be honest you know, I mean we had a, we had a, I had a talk with the team on Saturday and uh, the actual winning mentality of the football club and the players has just been this been second to none I mean it, I mean I've been at Brislington for a long time and this is the best year obviously I know it's because we've won it but the togetherness at the club you know I had people text me and ring me you know everyone you know the supporters that come and watch us. It's just been a really a pleasure to to be the manager of Brisbane Football Club this year, and hopefully this is the start of something at Briz. And uh, we can, um, you know, we can obviously go again next year and hopefully be in, you know, the same situation we can. Obviously, like I say, it's going to be hard to um, to retain it, but we'll certainly have a good go at it. I know that. And my thanks to Lee his time. Now, one last game that we will talk about in the first division is Oldland Abertonians against Wincanton Town. And Tom, I think we can safely say that Wincanton were very much not at the <laughs> races on Saturday. Yeah, potentially they're on the beach. You hear that at this time of season. I don't know if that was the case, but yeah, 5-0 defeat uh, to, to Oldland on the weekend. I know Wincanton, to be fair, thinking about it, they have been playing a lot of catch-up recently. Mm. They've been a couple of times, I think they, I've noted that they've played sort of back-to-back nights. So I'm sure that's... Um, yeah, probably taken a bit out of them, and I think they've um, yeah they've potentially got quite a few games still to go if um, if uh, if we have, when, we, when we have to look ahead. But yeah, that could have that could have played a part. Obviously, against uh, Oldland, they were beaten five nil, uh, a big win for the hosts, uh, lining up well for the for the playoffs. Uh, Mason Davis set the ball rolling after only seven minutes, put them up, uh, and then Casey Woodman adding a second uh, pretty pretty soon after after slaloming through the defence. So that was uh, yeah a good start for for Oldland. Uh, and then it was Stefan Lee, uh, Harrison Kite and Harry Pruitt completing the scoring. So five different goal scorers for the Abbots and a, a big, big home win over Wincanton. Now then, Tom, um, 
We, as we always do, we normally at the end of the podcast look at the fixtures coming up. Now, with most of the big matters, with the promotion matters um, sorted out, it feels a bit weird that we're still talking about games going on, but they certainly are. We've got league games going on in both the Premier Division and the First Division on Tuesday uh, the 25th and Thursday the 27th. But I guess our attention should probably be focused on the playoffs. So can you talk the listeners through the two playoff games taking place this week? Yeah, so we start on Tuesday night with Wales versus Shire Hampton. So that's third versus sixth. Uh, obviously, Wales, um, yeah, having a, having a stellar season. If we've touched on a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a slip up towards the end, but I, yeah, I can't can't discredit a team that have got over ninety points. So they they host Shire Hampton on Tuesday night. Obviously, with uh, Scott Bamford back in form, so that'll be fun for the the Wales defence. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we've got a replay of the match we've just touched on: Oldland taking on Wincanton. So another match of Wincanton. Uh, and they travel to Oldland uh, 5-0 against the same opposition at the same ground. So it'll be fascinating to see how this one turns around. That's on Wednesday evening. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the two semi-finals uh, of the, uh, in, the, uh, in the first division for the playoffs. And then the final will take place on the weekend. Can we play you every week? That'll be the like chance that, going up from the Oldland Abertonians fans. Yeah, it all really gets exciting on the 29th of uh, April. Which, which is when, of course, the first division playoff final uh, will be taking place. And that's also the day when the step five stroke step four playoff will also be taking place, which, of course, will feature our runners up, Saltash. Now, to the best of my knowledge, uh, at the moment, it looks like Saltash will be playing either Bristol Manor Farm or Biddeford. But what do I know? Uh, we will know on Wednesday, which is probably a day after you're probably listening to this podcast. So if I've got it hopelessly wrong, I do apologise. But we are trying to bring you um, the best quality information that we can as and when we have it. So, yes, the best of luck to Saltash, whoever they play. But it does look like they'll be featuring in a playoff on Saturday, the 29th of April. Now, next week, Tom, we've got some Les Phillips Cup action. Absolutely do. We've got we've finally got to the uh, the semi-final stage. I know it's been a, a long slog to get this far with postponements and whatnot. Catching up in midweek's been a little bit difficult. Uh, but yeah, we do have our final four, and we have a first division side amongst them, which is which is exciting. So that will uh, be the, as I said, the two semi-finals, as you say, are next week, uh, Monday the first, so Bank Holiday Monday, 3 p.m. kickoff at Ilfracombe, where they take on Helston. Uh, two sides that feel pretty evenly matched, but Helston definitely finishing the season uh, on on a high note. So that'll be that'll be a, a decent game, I'd have thought. And then on Wednesday evening, 7:30 kickoff, uh, we've got Shepton Mallet of the Premier Division taking on the First Division champs, Brislington. So that'll be absolutely fascinating to see how they get on. Uh, and that is a Wednesday, as I say, Wednesday evening, 7:30 kickoff uh, at Shepton. And then the final will take place on Saturday the 13th of May, so a little bit down the line. Uh, that'll be a 3 p.m. kickoff, and that takes place at Tiverton Town. So that's uh, yeah, that's how the Les Phillips is shaping up with the final four. Excellent stuff. Now we could start talking about relegation, but relegation is incredibly depressing, <laughs> and um, I don't think we're going to do that on this episode of the podcast. Yeah. We can perhaps look at that next week. Uh, on this week, of course, we should reflect upon our champions, the ones that the, the teams that have won their respective divisions, and uh, uh, the players, the managers. And the volunteers, and of course the fans, you the fans who have, uh, who have you know made these seasons the epic uh, success that they have been. So well done, and you know raise a glass. Congratulations to all of you, and congratulations to you too, Tom. Another <laughs> epic uh, Tool Station Western League bulletin. 
Um, where can the listeners find that? That's on the uh, Tool Station League uh, official website. Uh, and if you scroll down about halfway, you can find the tab that will take you to the most recent one. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, plenty of, obviously, we were, as I just touched on, we were playing a lot of catch-up recently, so there was plenty of midweek action and stuff. So, yeah, plenty and plenty to read. So that's uh, that's all in there and, uh, yeah, on the, on the website. Of particular interest, there is a, a very interesting um, note you've put onto the bulletin this week about the Les Phillips Cup final program which is being put mm. together by roger palmer um you've put roger's contact details on the bulletin and yep. uh, roger is looking for any sort of les phillips cup related articles photographs program covers anything that can uh, contribute to uh, to this this season's les phillips cup final program so hopefully the listeners you know will, uh, will 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 be able to provide us with some insight i have to say that roger's programs are amongst the very best you'll see in non-league football forget about the western league i mean they really are absolutely um second to none so uh it's a bit of a, a badge of honor if you can get <laughs> um, a little bit of your memorabilia in in one of those programs and i'd certainly recommend uh, that you have a look at tom's uh, bulletin and get those details and do that well then tom it, it, Feels like there there are certainly fewer podcasts for us um, ahead than there were behind, but I think we'll come back next week and let the listeners know how the exciting events of the weekend have unravelled. See whether Saltash have managed to get promotion and see how those first division playoff games have sort of you know how they've panned out. So um, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.